What's good, Badger fans? We are back to tip off another edition of Shot of Whiskey podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment as a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And on YouTube and all other socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. I am former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor alongside my alongside my guys this week, not just solo. We got the whole gang, man. First off, you know me, been here all year, Badger All-American, 2000, former Badger All-American, 2011 second round pick and eight-year NBA bet. John Lure, a.k.a. Cusco, because it's the finale. You getting that one more time. And then our guy, Captain America, another All-Big Ten Badger and a critical member of the 2014 and 15 Final Four teams, Josh Gosser. And I'm getting that name right 10 years, 15 years later, finally, man. But, fellas, what's up, man? It's the finale. It's the finale. We made it through. Uh, before, before I let y'all chime in, big shout-out to, to Evan Turner, E.T., and Andre Iguodala and New Amendment for putting this together. And uh, everybody make sure to stay tuned for what we got coming in store next year. But, y'all, what's good, man? Happy to have both of y'all here for the first time this year. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I uh, I have to point out that I got the short end of the stick on the nicknames. I'm a llama named Cusco, and Josh is Captain America. Uh, so that, that doesn't seem fair to me, but... <laughs> Hey, we didn't pick the nicknames. It was given, John. I don't know what to say. <laughs> should we should have we should have won more games, man. That's a uh, when you win more games, you get co- you get cooler. Everything, man. I remember, I remember watching those dudes uh, when they were the two seed in the tournament that first Final Four run, and Clark Kellogg's on TV talking about. Oh, Wisconsin's guards are big and athletic, and, uh, and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think they called me six six. Yeah, at one they point. said Josh like, Gasser six six, Trayvon Jackson six four. I'm like, hold on. First of all, these people are growing because you win, and also, no, <laughs> like these are the same athletes we've always had. But I was like, man, ain't that crazy? Yeah, ain't that crazy? When we were playing, it was oh man, they're they're big, slow, you know, big, slow white guys. The buzz cuts. <laughs> yeah. so someone's better someone's hey better. man that's what i just got done don't get bitter get better man i just got done watching that full <laughs> swing uh full swing documentary which a shameless I mean, a plug i guess you guys should check that out if you get a chance it has nothing to do with this podcast but really good content man but look, but look man let's let's jump into it man we got the gang here uh we'll talk about the bradley game the nit uh i thought a really good performance for the guys uh last week we talked a lot me and me and josh were here last week john wasn't here um we talked about big men one of the things we lacked this year was the big men being able to step away from the basket and hit shots and stephen Crowell apparently heard us talking and stepped away and poured in 36 points i think five for seven from three uh so Give me, John, you go first. Give me your thoughts, I guess, just on that game. I don't know how much of it you got to see. Um, I know it's been tough with the NIT, but just give us your thoughts on on that game and, and Stephen Crowell's performance. Yeah, no, I watched it, and, and Stephen Crowell was the story, right? And, and initially when I, I found out we were in the NIT, I was disappointed like you guys were, like the coaching staff was, like the players were, like all of Badger fans were. Um, but now that we've gotten into the tournament and you see – Steven have a game like that, you realize the value of these games now in the NIT, right? Yeah. For him to go off for 36 and five for seven from three, that's going to do so much for his confidence, build momentum into the offseason where he can take another big step in his development. 
Um, and same thing, you know, I could jump into the game today, actually, with, with Chucky going off for, for 27 or, or whatever it was. I mean, th this is valuable minutes for these guys, and we're a young team, and now I'm on board with the NIT run. Let, let's go win this thing, right? Like, that, that's, that's my mindset now. Yeah. Josh, what you think? It might be the last Big Ten team standing uh, come March here. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I think, yeah, I mean, mission accomplished for the NIT. If it stopped today, I mean, the, the mindset of Chucky Hepburn and Stephen Crowell alone uh, coming to the offseason, check the box. We're ready to go for next year. So that alone, uh, I think, has proven a lot of value for this NIT run. Um, but, of course, let's keep it going. And uh, Stephen Crowell just, even today, uh, you know, I think he got a technical and a flagrant foul. He just had a little, a little different, like I said, mindset, a little more aggressiveness, aggression. Same with Chucky, uh, something that was lacking towards the end of the season. So I think that alone can help springboard. But, uh, you, you know, first two-game winning streak we've had in the year of 2023 as well. <laughs> the first time we've won back-to-back -back games, albeit against Bradley and uh, uh, Liberty. But you know what? Oh, well. You know, playing some, playing some teams, play Cole Center Kyle was kind of rocking a little bit today. So, I just got to try to keep those momentum going to finish the IT season strong and into the offseason. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. I think I think uh, to both you guys' points is going to bring a lot of confidence. I think one thing that the NIT does is it um I don't I don't want to say guys don't care, but obviously it's not the same nerves as playing in the NCAA tournament. It's like I think it's really the only time maybe I, I guess in the in the preseason games a little bit, but I would say this competition's still better. It's really the only time that you get to kind of just relax and play basketball, which is really like it's refreshing on the mind. It's it's uh you can kind of get back to enjoying it. You can kind of get back to just, you know, focused on doing the you're not really worried about stats or anything like that. It's really just going out there hooping and, and what happens happens, I guess. Um I would be my guess. I guess we never played in the NIT. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that would be that, that was a subtle yeah. subtle shot. But <laughs> you can feel that. I believe yeah. I, I with you, bro. That's the point. Yeah, subtle <laughs> subtle shot. But. And, and we've and we've talked about this. I think all three of us have like if we did end up in the NIT and Jordan and I were very close uh, my sophomore year. Yeah. Like we had said, I, I think we would have just fell flat and and gave in. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like we did not want to have anything to do with that. So honestly, I give a lot of credit to these guys Thanks. because, you know, that was they flirted with that idea. Right. Of just kind of mailing it in like we're a we should be in the NCAA tournament. We don't want to deal with this NITBS. Thanks. But that's not the case. Like they're playing hard. Josh, you mentioned like Stephen Crowd getting chippy today, like, you know, fighting. So I think that speaks to the character of this team. I think it, t it speaks to the character of the coaching staff to get these guys to buy into to an NIT run um, and build and develop for next year. I think this is uh, this is important, important couple of games that we've been playing here. Nah, 100%. Yeah. Let's build a crowd, too. I want to give a shout-out to the crowd today. I think 10,000 people, but it was probably the best Colson crowd we've had in a while. So yeah, a lot better than that first game. Going into the offseason. I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty cool environment just in terms of maybe a younger fan base, a younger audience. I don't know, different people in the building. Jordan, you talked about that last week, kind of curious. And yeah. I went there today just to check out, check it out, and it was, uh, it was a pretty fun environment, I thought. And a lot, a lot of that had to do probably with we, we, we scored a little bit. The pace was maybe a little quicker. Uh, so it can go both ways, but I think in general the crowd is pretty good, and that can – I don't know, springboard that in next year too. Yeah, that, it looked like it. Yeah, yeah, that's something. That's something that's got to got to change. The I know it's been talked about for a couple of years, and they've done things like area red, which has been cool. Shout out to those. Shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, the, the the home court advantage just doesn't seem like what it used to be. It just isn't what it used to be. I don't know. I haven't been to a game. Uh, I've only been to like one game in the past couple of years, but. Um, 
it, it is a little it, it's got to be a little disheartening for from the players perspective or maybe they just don't know any better i don't know what you guys think but um yeah hopefully hopefully they, that can carry over into next year and we can we can get some of that rockets crowd back me and john we talked about the game when uh the ohio state game coming out to what i don't know how many people were there but remember we were just eating team meal and the, the lines are wrapped around the building and the crowd is the student section was packed to the top when we came out mm-hmm. for warm-ups um, and it wasn't really just it, were, it really wasn't just the Ohio State game. I remember the Purdue game, uh, Josh, your freshman year. Remember when um, when the Chancellor no when Chancellor Biddy Biddy no day no day yeah she remembers I think it was like six minutes left and it was like a tie game and she announced that it was going to be a snow day for for tomorrow and I think I don't know if we win that game for real like without without that announcement like they sounded like the whole crowd went crazy and so just just ludicrous. <laughs> Especially yeah, when, of no, course, no, right. of course. Uh, so and we knew our off day would be pretty fun if we got a win. Yeah, <laughs> facts, facts. Let's, call, let's yeah. make that clear. <laughs> I, I remember walking backwards to the bar to to the KK that night because it was so windy and snowy. <laughs> My cousins were there. And then the next day, didn't we have that huge uh, university snowball fight yeah. on Baskin Hill or whatever? Yeah. 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 That was a good. That was a good twenty-four hours. That was <laughs> knockoff Purdue. Etwan Moore, Robbie Hummel, Juwan Johnson <laughs> beat them because we get a boost of energy from our crowd after a snow day announcement, and then we get a big uh, snowball fight with all of our, our fellow students. Man, a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But that being said, man, we're talking a lot about moving into the future and uh, and what the what the NIT can do for the attitudes um, and and the minds of all of all the guys. So I guess let's just talk about um, before we have we have a guest coming on for y'all. But before he gets here, I guess let's just talk about some of the growth uh, that we would like to see from from the guys. Like and we could just go down the line, honestly, and just give quick. Like if we're talking about Chucky, like what are some things that Chucky can do um, to improve his game and help the team win more next year? I would say for Chucky, I think the biggest thing watching him this year, uh, he's made great strides from last year, obviously, and improved. But I think the biggest thing for him in this offseason is is finishing around the basket over his primary defender, yeah. right? Like if I were him, I would have somebody, a manager, somebody in front of me, and, and for the first 20 minutes of all my workouts, just work on finishing over people because he struggled with that this year at times. Uh, and I think that's the last part of his game, right? He's got a good mid-range game, shoots it great from three, but finishing around the basket for him, I think, is that next evolution in his game. Yeah, to your point, John, 27 points today, uh, zero threes. So I think that's maybe a good step in springboard into yeah. that. Yeah, uh, playing hey, against today, five yeah, guards, today was his best yeah. game doing that, so yeah. Yeah, playing against five, seven guards uh, helps, uh, but uh, <laughs> still, you know, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, he still did it. So today was a great start, and I think just be more aggressive, his aggressive mindset constantly throughout the game, not just, you know, picking a spot, so. Totally agree. Yeah, yeah. I think um, – I mean, we talked about that, him just getting – I think he did a great job of getting downhill throughout the course of the year um, more and more. And, John, we talked about that a lot um, on this podcast. Um, so, yeah, I guess I would agree the next step. And, you know, I think whether it's like floaters or whatever it is, because he's, he's strong already, right? Like he's strong. He's got a, he's got a big body. So I think it's it's always tough to finish in the Big Ten around the rim because there's always so much congestion. There's so many bodies in there. So just to me, like being able to hit that floater from like 10 to, to 13 feet is something that is 
might be the most important shot that he could get, not even just necessarily finishing over guards because it's one of those things in the ball screens now. It's like just adds another element, probably gives more time on the pops if, you know, is the big going to stay, get back, whatever. Like it's just – so I think that that specifically um, a floater would be would be something to add in um, for him. And we have, uh, we have a special guest for y'all. Before we get to the rest of the team, we got a special guest for y'all. The newest Badger, uh, well, not yet, but soon, one of the 2023 recruits coming in this year from Appleton, Wisconsin, but at La Lumiere, High, La Lumiere School. Is that how you say it? La Lumiere I've been overseas, man. I was trying to get a little fancy with it. I was trying to <laughs> no, you're good. put my you're little good. French you're swag good. on it, man. But, yeah, so we got the one and only man, Gus Yaldin. Y'all might know him as Gus Bus. As I said, we're all excited to get him on campus. You Excited for what you bring to the table, man. But first and foremost, we appreciate you joining us here and, and getting on to talk to us a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really No excited. doubt. And listen, man, like uh, we, we told you it was going to be a little bit about off air. Uh, we know Wisconsin. We, we got a lot of nicknames around here. Wisconsin buzz cuts. You know, we got we're, we're known as one of the more politically correct teams. So we want you to air it out, man. Speak your mind. Speak your heart on here, man. Give, give, give us the raw pause. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm saying? Give us the, so, yeah. so listen, man, first off, first off, Gus, tell us tell us a little bit about your high school season, how it went your senior year um, and just fill people in, man. Yeah, so uh, this year I went to Lalamere um, in Indiana. And uh, if you don't know anything about Lalamere, it's a, a boarding slash prep school for basketball and for other athletes uh, in Laporte, Indiana, kind of north of Chicago. Um, and then Lalamere plays in the NIBC, which stands for the National Interscholastic Basketball Conference. Uh, and in the NIBC are teams like Montbird, uh, IMG Academy, uh, Wasatch Academy, Sunrise Christian. Uh, Arizona Compass Prep, Oak Hill, uh, Long Island Lutheran with some alumni with over 20, 30 NBA alumni in the past five years. It's probably arguably the best high school basketball conference. Uh, we played uh, five events across the country in uh, locations like Greenville, South Carolina. Um, we went up to Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, we went down to uh, Montverde, Florida. Uh, so we've traveled all over the country to play these games. Uh, and this year I had a pretty good year. Um, I led our conference in scoring for the majority of the season um, and also was top five in rebounding and the second uh, most efficient shooter in the conference. Um, so I think I had a pretty good year. Uh, it was a, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> talk a your shit, year. Gus. Yeah, <laughs> I shit, Gus. I had good good year numbers-wise, but I think uh, our team struggled a little bit. We only had um, seven players. One of our guys kind of left us right before the season started for some personal reasons and that's it's just basketball so that sucked and then we had injuries dragging us down all year which was really bad so it was it was tough to play with seven guys um there was a lot of games where i ended up playing 30 uh 30 minutes or 29 minutes 28 minutes of the, of the whole game so it, it was a long year but it was fun for sure and i think that um all, like a lot of kids for their senior year they're playing against regular high school students and regular kids who aren't going to play division one athletes. And like in the NIBC, I played kids who were going to Duke every game, uh, the number one draft prospect in the 2024 draft, uh, 
guys who power five, five stars, like McDonald's All-Americans, the best players in the country every weekend for two, three games a weekend. So I think that like, I challenged myself and, and gave myself uh, the opportunity to kind of simulate college the best I can my senior year of high school so that when I go to school next year, I'm ready to kind of make that impact and, and not be uh, have that kind of freshman slump or be that kind of freshman who's not ready and has to adjust to the curve and kind of ready to go, ready to play. And Gus, um, if I had to play against my high school team, IMG and Mount Verde, we would have struggled too. I'll just put that out there. So, uh, yeah, that, that's no no shame <laughs> struggling against those types of schools. Um, you yeah, know, we no. actually have a we actually have a mutual uh, connection. One of my closest friends is Tobias Harris. Uh, oh I know yeah, you've crossed paths with him before, yeah. and, and he raves about you, man. He he says a lot of good. He's like, y'all got a good one, and, and Gus, he's. He's yeah. going to be a player for you. So um, I guess my question for you would be, is there is there a player maybe in college or the NBA that you pattern your game after that you, you know, kind of aspire to be like? Yeah. So, I mean, I, along with the Gus Bus nickname, a lot of people like to call me Baby Jokic towards like the beginning of high school because I can pass, shoot, move a little bit. And I mean, I'm a bigger kid and I kind of even look like, like when I shaved my head, we look like twins. So like, we, <laughs> we, 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 we we look pretty similar, uh, so I guess that uh, and I've I've always watched him and I've really admired him. But I kind of I don't see the similarities in the way because he's a he's a seven foot and he's a true center. Um, so I've kind of like tried to find guys like Kevin Love is a, a guy who I've really modeled my game after. Kind of like a skilled forward who knows how to play the game um, is really good at that. Uh, and then I've also watched Draymond Green, um, and I I mean he's not a, a very good skilled player, but. He's probably the best player in the world at getting his teammates open looks and like creating for them. So kind of like the way he sets screens off the ball and the way he's able to throw his body and defenders off the dribble handoffs to create is really impressive to me. It makes me kind of model myself after him, but definitely Kevin Love for the majority. And then probably college-wise, I really watch Frank Kaminsky a lot. I watch his old highlights and and stuff about him because growing up he was he was my guy he was my favorite player he's like my idol so I watch him all the time. But before before you jump in, Josh, with your question, I think uh, I actually like the Draymond one just because I, if you watch Draymond in college, I actually see you, you might be young, you might even be a little young, but Draymond in college was yeah. was very was very skilled mm-hmm. was very skilled and does <clears throat> does a lot of the things that I haven't seen. A t- I've only got to watch like highlights and and maybe at open gym the one day, but does a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing that stands out to me with you is the the athleticism of your feet. You know, a lot of people say Jokic Mm -hmm. isn't an athlete and John can probably Mm -hmm. attest to this more than anyone. But guys like that, you know, when you're that big, you know, I don't know what you are, 240 and Jokic Mm -hmm. is seven feet two two whatever. And to be able to have touch and footwork like that is maybe more athletic than being able to jump as high as or just as athletic as being able to jump as high as like LeBron or something like that, in my opinion. Um, so I think you're one of those, what I call, or what I've heard is a, a grounded athlete. So, um, but anyway, that, that was my little rant. I just want to jump in, but Josh, you got, you got something for him? <laughs> no, I was, I was going to say, model Frank Kaminsky on the court. That's a good one. Maybe off the court, you don't need to model him as much, you know, <laughs> uh, but no, I'm just going to fix my guys. So I'm saying that, but so you grew up in Wisconsin. Sounds like Gus, I don't know, but my, my wife's from the Appleton area. I spent a lot of time up there. I grew up in Port Washington. So uh, you know, in high school, we didn't quite play those teams. Uh, yeah. But I'm just curious what, what it's like for you uh, to get to play in front of your home stakes. I know for me, you know, Jordan and John grew up in Minnesota. But for me, growing up in the city of Wisconsin, playing for the Badgers, 
I mean, really a dream come true and just being around family, around friends, being able to put on your home state jersey. I guess, what does that mean for you? And was that a big part of your decision? Yeah. So, I mean, it means a lot to me. Um, I, I don't, you guys probably don't know, but I've spent my whole high school career away from Wisconsin. Um, I kind of like in eighth grade, what mattered to me was like how many Instagram followers I had and how good I looked on the internet all the time. So uh, (laughs) I took, I took, I took my basketball career out West um, to follow that kind of path. And I went to modern day my freshman year, Um, the pandemic hit. Yeah. The pandemic hit. I went home. I didn't play a modern day at all. I, I sat on the bench and, and played on the freshman team and filled up water bottles. So like I wasn't doing anything really out there. Uh, COVID hit. I started to focus more on basketball. I moved back home with my mom um, and I had a really good summer. It's when Wisconsin offered me. And then I decided to go to IMG, was at IMG, was backing up NBA players right now, guys who are going to be in the draft. And uh, I broke my foot. Uh, was out for nine months on and off, went back home to my junior year in, in North Carolina because that's where my mom moved. And now I'm here in Indiana for my senior year. So I've been all over the country uh, for high school uh, a little bit. So I've seen everywhere, been everywhere. And like nothing to me has felt or been as comfortable or felt like as good as Wisconsin does. Like it's just to me, it's the best state, the best place to be, the best people the best food, the best culture. It's got the best everything to me. And it, it, it's because it's home, but it's also because it's just those people and that feeling. So like going home and like being able to put on that jersey and step in the Kohl Center, which I've been going to since I was five years old, it's it's going to be surreal and it's going to be crazy because it's something that I've always wanted to do. And it's what I dreamed about doing. Like I remember being in elementary school and getting NCAA basketball on my PlayStation and playing as Wisconsin every single day after school and winning national championships. So it's just like now getting the chance, like I, there was no other school to me. It was always Wisconsin. Man, that's dope. That's dope. I, you know, best food. I know you're underage, but you might be drunk, my boy. I don't know. I don't know about best food, <laughs> but, but, but I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear the love uh, for Wisconsin. Also just want to give you kudos, man. And, and shout you out because, Again, these guys can can uh, testify to this, but not a lot of people can say they've been out of their comfort zone like that at that age. And I'm sure yeah. both of them will tell you that going outside your comfort zone at that age will serve you well, both in school and beyond, man. So, you know, I, I remember going from Minneapolis to Madison my freshman year and being like homesick. And I look back on it now. Yeah. I'm I'm in London right now, and I've been as far as Japan, and I'm I'm like, I'm like God, you're right. soft as hell. So, you know what I'm saying? So, 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 yeah. And John, I remember talking to John too. John used to be like, "Man, you're growing up a little bit." My first couple of years overseas, so it was like, um, so yeah. So, yeah. so shout out to you, man, for for having the the wherewithal to be able to sit behind guys and just stick with it and continue to work on your game. But um, my my question for you is seeing um, obviously the team struggled a little bit this year. Uh, going to the NIT, mm-hmm. just kind of talk about where you see yourself fitting in next year, um, offensively, defensively, and then was it was it tough to to watch the team struggle this year? Just be like ah, like you know, um, from the standpoint of like, you know, this this is my decision, and obviously no one wants to watch the, their their future school struggle. But just talk about, I guess, how you felt watching the season this year. Yeah, so I mean. Originally this year, uh, like coming into the year, a lot of people had talked about Wisconsin's like lack of depth at the big position, I guess, and how we didn't go out and get a transfer um, over the summer. Uh, and so like talking to the guy or to the coaching staff at the end of the summer, um, there was the opportunity for me to join the team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I had enough eligible credits and was planning on getting my diploma, graduating, joining the team. And I was going to redshirt and they were going to use me if needed. 
Uh, I don't know if they would have ended up using me or not, but I definitely could have benefited from the year there. Um, but because of the schools I went to, each school has like a senior requirement, whether it be a senior trip, a senior speech, a senior project. So, and I hadn't done any of those, so I couldn't get my diploma from any of those schools and Madison wouldn't take a GED and I didn't have time to do anything else or figure anything else out. So I couldn't go this year. Um, so watching the team struggle this year was kind of hard for me. Cause like, I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I could have been there right now and I could have been helping contribute a little bit or could have been doing something uh, or helping in any way. So to me, it was always kind of like battling, like, what if I went there? Like, could I have done anything this year? Would I have been an impact? Uh, so that's kind of what I felt. And then looking at the guys this year uh, and like what's coming back next year, I don't know if uh, Tyler plans on coming back next year or not, but if he does, then we'll have Steve, Tyler, and um, uh, Gilly back. So I think we'll have three guys who have played in the big 10 for more than two years uh, consistently. And like, they know what they're doing. Um, one thing that I will say that I bring differently than Carter and Tyler is a little bit more creativity on offense, kind of like Steve plays with uh, being able to handle the ball uh, out on and make reads off a dribble handoff or taking it down to the post and making a read out of there. Um, I think I, I bring a little bit more of that offensive creativity. I can shoot it a little bit better, I think. Uh, and I kind of just play a little bit more freely, but I will say that they're both definitely more athletically gifted and stronger than me right now. And I think the biggest thing that I can take from all three of those guys is like nuggets on how to play. I struggle defensively a little bit. Uh, so once I'm able to figure that out, it'll be really, I'll be a really solid player, but it's about figuring it out and kind of learning from the guys ahead of me because they're so old and they're so experienced. It's it's going to be like, take everything you can and, and, and learn it. So when they're gone, you're able to do it and, and pass it down. So I'm really excited. I think that there's the opportunity for me to get on the court and make a big impact next year um, with the style of play that we have and with the, the team we're going to have. So I think that I will be kind of getting get my chance and, and I, I know when I get my chance I'm going to make the most of it for sure um, uh, so I, I'm really excited to do that and to go out there and play man we're, you got something John yeah I was just going to say you mentioned you know your skill set and, and playing on the perimeter and I think back to when I was in high school right I was similar to you tall skilled could go inside outside and seeing the Wisconsin system of how many guys have had success doing that, right? Biggs mm -hmm. being able to step out. You mentioned, you know, Stephen Crowell, I, I, myself, Frank. I mean, there's just a long list of, of bigs that have had so much success in Wisconsin's program uh, playing versatility, right? Inside, mm -hmm. outside, handling the ball, and you're allowed to do that. So how, how much of that was a factor? How excited are you uh, to play in a system like that? And how did that play into your decision to choose Wisconsin? I mean, it, it's a huge, it was a huge reason for me. I think that like, there's no one, I mean, there's few, I, Gonzaga maybe is the only other one I can really think of that like lets their guys go out and kind of make decisions like a point guard would in an offense. Um, I think that it's really special and unique. Like Ethan Happ is another guy that you didn't say that, like who I think of all the time, uh, who I try and replicate my game off of. He's, he was a really, really great player. He would get rebounds and bring it up the floor and pretty much play point guard for that team that was supposed to finish towards the bottom of the Big Ten and ended up being really, really good. Uh, so I think that like Wisconsin, as long as they have that guy, they recruit players, they play with players who play off of that and through that system so well. So I think that just seeing myself kind of be put in that opportunity to be like that Ethan Happ, Frank Kaminsky, like yourself, kind of 
be that guy kind of pushing the team. It's like, it was crazy. And to think about and to be like, yeah, I, I could really, really do this. I have this skill set and the ability and uh, the capability. So I think why not? And I think that that was a big reason. And, and talking to coach Krabnock and coach guard, when they were recruiting me, it was, they were saying, they're like, we want to use you like this. We don't want to limit you by putting you on the block or turning you into a three and D kind of guy being a role player. Like we want you to be like Frank Kaminsky. We want you to be like Ethan Happ. Like you're a gifted shooter too. It's going to be a, a, a threat for guys on the perimeter and inside. So it's just about getting there and developing it and, and getting ready for it. Absolutely. I think you're going to be a perfect fit there, man. Yeah, I really do. No, 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 no question, man. We love, well, I can, I think I can speak for the other guys, but I love your, your confidence, your awareness. And then just, I think I've gotten to watch you play. I think you, you're going to bring a, a fun, a fun fire and a fun, a fun little swag to the, to the team as well, man. So we're excited for you to get on campus and, and to see what you can do. We know you're going to do big things. Uh, you know, if I, if I was, uh, you know, if I would have made the NBA, I would, I would have donated more. I don't know how much you're getting in NIL, but I would definitely giving you some. You got to hit John. Tell Johnny, owe you about 20 bands, man. Just tell him, go ahead and break that down real quick one more time. You know what I'm saying? But, no, all jokes aside, man, we're excited for you to get on campus. We really appreciate you coming on and, and joining us and taking the time with us. And, uh, I hope we get to see you on campus this summer too, when we're back and, and just anything we can do to help you, um, at school or whatever it is, never hesitate to reach out. And yeah, we're happy to have you as a part of the family, man. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you so much for letting me get on here. No doubt, man. Yeah, no absolutely. doubt. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Gus. Yeah, man. So hey, that's Gus Yeldon for y'all. Uh really mature kid, man. It sounds like really mature, aware, and confident. That's uh that's one thing. I, I am very excited to see what he could do. That all what he can do, what he was talking about, just bringing the ball before that takes a lot of pressure off of guys like like Chuck, it's kind of like almost like I would say like a mix of like Tyler and Tyler and like a Frank or Tyler and a John or I don't know if he I don't know if he shoots it as well as you did, John, uh, coming in. But, you know, just in general, well, I guess I guess we'll find out. So I, I'm those excited. Are high standards, the table. Huh? Those, those are high standards. Very high high standard. It's a very high <laughs> standard, man. But listen, that's that's what we that's what we got to start holding people to. I mean, honestly, like I think. And, you know, we've talked about this off camera and, you know, I, I know Coach Guard and, and Joe feel the same way and, and, and all the coaches, players. But I think Wisconsin's at a point where it's like Big Ten championships are great. And we're going to talk about Coach Guard's resume and what he's done so far. Big Ten championships are great. Um, but I think they're at the point now where it's like we, we expect to go to, um, you know, Elite Eights, Final Fours, and and hopefully a national championship. And I think, you know, when John and I were there, it was like Sweet 16, and John won a Big Ten title. And then, Josh, you kind of set that – you guys set that bar kind of higher. Um, so I think it is time, you know, to hold the to program the program to those standards. Um, and, John, we talked about a little bit last week, which is why we understand the frustration of the fans. Um, I think they get carried away with their frustration. <laughs> but, but we understand the frustration when you do go to the NIT because, honestly, Wisconsin resume-wise is in that – it's in that stratosphere with the blue bloods in terms of what we've done over the past 20, whatever, 20 years. So. Yeah. And you look at, you know, Jordan, and I, we talked about this uh, as far as the last four years, when you look at the success of, of the top four coaches in the big 10 coach guard is arguably has the best resume of any coach in the big 10. Yeah. You know, if, if it boils it down to it, if you include wins, tournament wins, big 10 championships, you know, it's, it's Matt Painter, Izzo, uh, Brad Underwood and Coach Guard honestly has the best resume, in my opinion, of those four. So 
Um, you know, if you're going to say, if people are out there saying, you know, some Badger fans putting them on the hot seat or anything like that, well, then you better be putting Tom Izzo on the hot seat too. You better be putting, <laughs> you know, Matt Payne or Brad Underwood because he's done as good. A, he's done a better job the last four years than Tom Izzo. Hey. So, uh, yeah, that, and I'm, I'm going on a rant right now that I've been on before, but uh, <laughs> we all know that some of those Badger fans get a little frustrating to hear from the, the Twitter crowd. And and just, Josh, before you jump in on that, just to give context for for what John is talking about, we had Brad Underwood, last four years, Brad Underwood is 55 and 25 with a fourth place, second place, first place, and fifth place finish uh, and, two, and, and two tournament wins. Izzo is 45 and 35 with a first place, eighth place, seventh place, fourth place finish, and one tournament win. Matt Painter is 10th, 10th place finish, fourth place finish, third place finish, and a first place finish this year, and 51 and 28 with two tournament wins. And Coach Guard falls in right there at 48-32 with two first place finishes, sixth place, 11th place, and two tournament wins in that same time period. And then obviously, um, well, first before I keep going, Josh, go ahead if you have anything to, to add to that. No, not not really. Even beyond Big Ten coaches, just keeping it local for the fans who typically are the coach guard. Uh, you know, Tony Bennett, Mr. Beloved, you know, last year they were in the NIT. Virginia was in the NIT last year. <laughs> and this year they get bounced in the first round of Furman. So it ain't like it's sweet everywhere else. Like coach guard won a Big Ten title, you know, 12 months ago, uh, two years prior to that, has had three sixteens. And for those folks who say, you know, coach guard, recruiting, recruiting. Jordan, who recruited you? Coach guard. John? Coach guard. Yep, myself. Hey, fans like Sam Decker, pretty good player, Bronson Katie. <laughs> Everybody down the right last 15 years, yeah, Bo Ryan was head coach. Coach guard was the architect. On the phone. Uh, behind um, pretty much all the recruiting, <laughs> all the scouting reports. Uh, you know, we know this behind the scenes because we lived it. But Coach Guard was uh, as important in a lot of ways as Bo Ryan was of the success of Wisconsin basketball over 20 years. He was a part of all the recruits, of all the people you guys liked, all the fans liked over the years. Um, you know, just calling it what it is. So uh, Coach Guard is, is as a staple of Wisconsin basketball as Bo Ryan is and, and any player, uh, that's for sure. Absolutely. That's a great point. And I'm glad you brought up Virginia losing. I mean, we're at tournament time now, right? So everybody's paying attention to the tournament. Is it just me or is the tournament even more of just a crapshoot these days with like, like so many that you can, it's, it's, it's almost seems like random luck at this point. If you make it to the elite eight or, or final four, like it's, it's getting more and more parody as, as the years go. Do y'all think the money, the NIL money adds incentive to some of these teams and players? Do you think to like, or what do you mean? just in terms of like the way guy like, Guys, you're playing for money now. Like you go into yeah. these tournaments. If you're Princeton, if you're Furman, and you're playing Virginia, you're playing. Uh, who who did Princeton upset first round? Um, Arizona. Arizona. Sure. Like you're going into these games, and it's like, yo, if I go kill these dudes, I have twenty five. Somebody might give me two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars to go to go to school somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Or hundred thousand, whatever well, it is. Yeah, I think it incentivizes them, but I think the funny irony in what you just said, right? Princeton beat Arizona and Missouri. Arizona and Missouri probably spend millions of dollars a year in NIL money on their guys. Princeton, probably zero. 
right? <laughs> like, and the fact that they beat both of them are in the Sweet Sixteen. I, you know, I, I love I love when stuff like that happens because it just kind of flips the whole system on its head. That, that's yeah, that's a great point. It's another um, it, and not spending money isn't the way you can't just again yeah, just like in pros, you can't just spend money to build a team. Like you have to put together the pieces and you have to. So yeah, that and that's uh, yeah to your point, the other yeah. side of that argument. Yeah. I think another thing is all the top recruits in the country, are, they're going out, you know, all around the country. You know, Alabama's getting a kid. Arkansas is getting a kid. They used to all go to Kentucky or Duke. So it used to be maybe a little more top heavy. But I agree. I think it's a crapshoot. I think it's top to bottom. There's no great teams. There's no really crappy teams. Like, I don't know, the 16 seed being Purdue, it didn't feel like that major of an upset watching the game live. Like, it didn't feel like it was super lucky or anything like that. Like, they felt like they're guards just outplayed them and they were like so yeah then the same thing with Princeton being Arizona it's like yeah they're they're close at least like so I just think the top teams aren't as uh dominant as as it used to be in college basketball so that being that being said would you rather be Purdue and be have the season they just had and end the way it did or would you rather be in the NIT and trying to make a run to win the NIT Purdue come on Oh, my man, losing to a 16 team? Uh, but you won the Big Ten. You won, won the, the Big, Big Ten. Ten. You won the Big Ten you won the Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament. And they got National Player yeah. of the Year. And, right. I mean, come on. That's got to sting, though. That's got to sting. If you're no, not just losing to a 16 seed versus winning, if Wisconsin ends up winning the NIT, I, like that actually gets a little close, but. Are we uh, hanging a banner if we win an NIT championship? What are we doing with an NIT championship? <laughs> no, not doing you, anything. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you might feel a little better Winning, you know, those next couple of weeks after the season, you're going to feel a little better. You won the NIT versus you lost to a 16 seed. That I'm just talking about the feeling you'll have. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We not hanging a banner if we win the NIT. What do we? We're, we're going to hang a banner in the cold center. You're not hanging a banner if you win the NIT. Yeah, you hanging are a banner we? if you win the NIT. Are we? Yeah. Are we? Yes. I'm with Josh. I don't know. I mean, is that what? <laughs> what is that? What we're after? Listen, is that the banner we're trying to so listen, be final listen, four, listen, final four, think, final four, big ten, big ten. I think. I, I don't think. Know. Like, Ask like, you. listen. Obviously, it's the NIT, but I am of the mindset that winning is hard. I think we all know that. I think that any and every accolade should be celebrated in this day and age, more so just from a recruiting standpoint. Like, I think that. I think I think that every Big Ten player should be recognized. In, all Big Ten players should be recognized in there. I think all every All American, every NBA player, like if you're a draft pick, you should be recognized in the rafters. I think those are things that, that. like that's different. That's, that's so. So that being said, I think NIT championship is still it's a championship. Like it's not the NCAA championship. I understand that it's not winning, but but it's still a championship. And I think it's Maui. still it's still a gauntlet, and it's still and if they go and run the table and win the NIT championship, you got to acknowledge that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not uh, disagreeing. Like first of all, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just I, it was a question. Are we hanging a Maui championship and like bottomless? Like nah, and that and that's a that's a fair question. Legit, like it's a fair question. And I also want to want to point out how Jordan kind of low key lobbies for me and him to to get some recognition. Uh, <laughs> He's like all big you ten feel guys. Me? No. You feel me? You feel me? You feel me? <laughs> you feel me? You know what I'm saying? Show some love. Show some love. No, the the all big ten. The all big ten 11, was maybe? the all big ten was for Josh. That was for Josh, man. What you mean? Yeah, he was. You were all big ten <laughs> defensive team. Throw that up defensive. there too. Absolutely. Throw that. At, no, to, honest to God, I, I truly feel this way, and you guys can tell me I'm dead wrong or not, but I do feel like. 
one uh, obviously documented love Wisconsin to death love my alma mater one thing that I think that we don't do well enough is celebrate those little things like that's a big deal man all Big Ten defensive team that's a big deal that's you're one of five guys in the entire conference there's you think about it and you know what made me think about this thing was Kyrie Irving put up a tweet where he talked about in the history of the NBA, and I don't know how if he was accurate, but he said the history of the NBA, like there's been 6,000, 7,000 men that have played in the NBA. That's insane. So if you think about it, yeah. all Big Ten defensive team, there's been 100 guys in the past 20 years, all Big Ten defensive team. In the history of – Three times. In the – three times. In the history – Three times. So, so really so – Tell them, Josh. So three, talk, talk to them, So three times if you count the multiple winners, there's been probably less than that in the last 20 years, less than 100 guys. If you go back 50 years, that's 250 guys that have been max that have been all Big Ten defensive team. 250 guys out of all the guys that come through the Big Ten. That's insane. Like that type of stuff should be celebrated. I, I totally agree with you. I'm just going to pull a little Jordan Taylor back at Jordan Taylor here because you just talked out of your, both sides of your mouth here saying that, <laughs> oh, our standards, oh, these are our standards for crew, you know, these are our high standards. And then you're talking about NIT banners and stuff. So I get what you're saying, but which one is it? It's somewhere in between. And we're no, trying no, no, to no. Because winning, <laughs> winning, again, winning an NIT championship is still a high standard. Like it's, again, there's only X amount of NIT champions in the year. Like just because you made the NCAA tournament doesn't mean that you would win the NIT. So that's Very not true. like I agree. the yeah. most mo- like there's only one champion. Like you're going through a six, whatever, six, seven game turn, whatever it is, and you're you're coming out on top of that against good teams. Like like some of these teams are good teams. It's not like you know what I'm saying North Carolina is in the NIT, you know. I just want to ask okay. one question. What place are you playing for in the NIT? Is it 69th place? No, absolutely not. If we're, if that's like, okay. I know that wasn't a serious question. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, is that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, okay. I, I would argue well, that. 68 teams make the tournament. 68 teams make the tournament, but I'll argue that if you win the NIT, you finish, you should finish as like a top 35 team. Okay. Top so 30, we hang a banner team. for 35th place. No, you you hang a banner for winning a tournament. <laughs> See, this is what y'all do. Like y'all, try, <laughs> y'all not going to do. You're hanging a banner for the accomplishment of running through a tournament and finishing on a high note. That's what you're. That's what you're I'm doing. not disagreeing, Dre. I'm just saying, like no, you know, not. we bring back we bring back 10 year anniversary of Big Ten champion, 10 year Final Four. We, we, we you know, are we bringing back this team 10 years to win the 19? See, you're dragging it. Like so, you're dragging. No, it. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you're a different level of celebrating. No, you, you we don't, should be happy. No, you don't. We have should to be do happy that. if we win the NIT. We should celebrate that internally. We should be very happy. It's a great accomplishment, this and that. But in terms of like the greater Wisconsin basketball history, like what is the level that's going to be celebrated? I don't know. But let's go out and win the thing. I'm with you. Yeah, Coach Taylor. Uh, yeah, listen, I don't, I don't know about the about the whole reunion thing. To be honest with you, I think they should get a banner. They can have their little reunion at the nitty gritty on their own time. But, <laughs> but, but I think, I think they would be deserving of a banner. Man. So, but yeah, man, absolutely. But hey, man, listen, this this is the finale. Uh, I appreciate you both for taking this ride with me this season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to have you guys on. We hope we'll definitely have you both back on next year uh, at, at some point in time. We'll, we'll get that all worked out. 
for everybody listening, all the Badger fans. We appreciate you guys checking us out this season and, and stay tapped in with us uh, throughout the offseason for, for highlights and, and some more things coming down the pipeline at Beyond the Big Ten. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube and all social media, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Like I said, at Beyond the Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. I am Jordan Taylor. That is John Lure and my guy, Josh Gosser. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. We're looking forward to, to tapping in next year for, you know, for Gus Bus and, and everything coming down the pipeline uh, with the basketball squad, man. So we'll, we'll catch y'all next time. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.